Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 124 of On the Flank. I'm one of your hosts, John George, alongside Joe Kirkpatrick. Say hello, Joe. Hey, everybody. And Joe, we got a marathon of an episode here. I mean, first of all, May Melee's over. We have our first champion of 2021, but we're also doing power rankings. We got some news with a developer update, the first one without Jeff. And then we're going to be previewing the first week of June Joust as well. We won't have an episode next week. We're just going to mash them together in this one mega episode so yeah joe are are you ready this one's gonna be a long one i think oh yeah and new power rankings so yeah yeah just just full of stuff oh yeah big one um and of course we got to start with the may melee tournament that just happened um this past weekend now uh, we, we got to see some Asia vs. NA teams, which we haven't got to see too much since uh, quarantine started in 2020, obviously. So it was awesome to see that. Um, Florida showing up more than I thought they would, which is great. I mean, let's just go through, through the weekend here, Joe, because we started off with two games. Um, the Shanghai Dragons vs. Florida Mayhem, which went to five maps and kept going back and forth and was absolutely nuts. Um, and they showed up right from right from the get go. I knew when this, when this, when they were not letting up here against the Shanghai Dragons. Like, oh, I'm I'm wrong. I don't think Florida's the weakest team here because they are going toe to toe, and they almost beat the Shanghai Dragons too. Well, Man, what do you think? Maps. Yeah, what do you think about Florida's performance overall here? I mean, they end up being getting third technically. Um, do you think? I mean, they're one map away here from possibly even doing better. Uh, they sort of they were able to three one Chengdu Hunters and then in the rematch against Shanghai definitely didn't do as well, uh, losing three uh, zero. But overall, what, how do you, how are you feeling about Florida? I would say not only after the, during the tournament but going forward, are, does this give you more confidence? Because I feel like everyone thought, oh, maybe a little bit of a fluke that they made it to the top four here. But I mean, they were competing with these teams, you know. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Um, I th- talk about being one map away. I think that's a great sort of summary for um, uh, a lot of a lot of these matches this past weekend was, mm-hmm. um, yeah, very close, very um, you, you know, down to individual moments and individual um, individual plays that that really tip the scales here. Um, and, and even all the way to um, you know, if you think about the Dallas Fuel qualifier. Um, uh, I can't remember off the top of my head which team it was that they were playing there at the end. Um, that they that they only you know by by the grace of one map, um, um, uh, had the had the map record to get in and then obviously take the whole thing. Uh, spoiler alert, I guess if you haven't seen <laughs> um, uh, these these main melee tournament matches yet. Um, uh, but yeah, it's so hard. To, to go back and watch these um, critically as as you know as an analyst um, because they were just such good matches. Um, Shanghai played twelve maps in the first two days, um, uh, and, you know 18, 18 maps in the, in that <laughs> that string of three matches. Um, the you know I mean I'm sure as as a Shanghai fan you want those to be more decisive, but at the same time I mean that's that's good Overwatch and that's really exciting. Um, uh, you know, to watch as a spectator, yeah, Florida did uh, absolutely better than um, I think either of us had predicted they would. Uh, I think we both said they would be the first team out. Um, 
Um, but yeah, definitely not the case. Looking really nice uh, against Chengdu. But it, you know, even then, you can't really say um, there there isn't a lot to to say negative about even Chengdu. Um, just just in terms of how how exciting and close um, the weekend really ended up being. Yeah, I mean. I'll move to Chengdu next, but I guess I'll give my little piece of I mean, Florida, I think as long as they got BQB and Yaki, like the sky's the limit for these guys. I think they could legit make a run in any of these tournaments or at the end of the season, as long as they're there with BQB and Yaki, because these two, especially Yaki, in my opinion, just hard carry this team. I mean, I, I got to give a shout out to the rest of their team as well. They're, they're there. They're good. OG's having probably his best year yet. Um, but yeah, Yaki is nuts, BQB also. Uh, as far as Chengdu goes, like you're saying, I mean, I, I just hope after this that there isn't a fall from grace for Chengdu, obviously. They went 0-2 this weekend, uh, losing to Dallas and Florida, um, unable to really show their stuff. They won a map in both of those games, and it was, a clo- it, it was close in both games. It really was. It easily could have gone to map 5 and Florida versus Chengdu, I think. Um, Leave was playing great. And overall, I mean, this is a Chengdu team that is starting a good amount of rookies. They look their best they've ever looked. They got top four this tournament. And, you know, everyone, I think, I think they have solidified themselves here um, as an actual threat this season, Um, especially in the Asia division where the hyped up teams like New York, um, Hangzhou, Guangzhou, and all these other teams that Chengdu is going up against, I think are having real duds of season so far, that means Chengdu can now step in and compete with Shanghai, Philly up there at the top, uh, and Seoul as well, up there at the top half of the division. They weren't able to beat these two NA teams this time out, but, you know, they are the youngest team, I would say. They have some ex- they have experience, but a good amount of rookies. Meanwhile, Dallas has veterans in the league at this point at this point a good amount of those Paris players are in their second year Florida's got veterans Shanghai's got veterans I mean Chengdu is the probably the youngest and team here um and you probably got a lot of nerves because of that um so I hope going forward Chengdu we can see them again they're just so much fun to watch and and root for obviously I pick I picked them to win I think didn't didn't work out but yeah, anything to say about Chengdu's performance? Or uh, do you, yeah, I think that that's definitely a good point about um, you know thinking about the age and that kind of stuff. I mean, and even have uh, having qualified for this tournament is is super significant. Uh, I forget um, uh, how they gave out the money, but I think all four teams got some amount of bonus money. Um, uh, obviously, Dallas picked up some bonus wins, uh, you know, league points um, for the season. Um, yeah, really, they could be proud. I think um, um, the the Chengdu Hunters of where they've ended up. Um, obviously, um, if we're thinking about um, young teams, definitely the the LA Valiant is there too, as far as uh, young teams in Asia. But, <laughs> um, um, but yeah, really, really nice showing from them. Absolutely, um, and um, it, it, it's. I think it was after after week two or week three of this first month. Um, my, my comment um, on the show about Chengdu was, you know, say I, I don't think, uh, I, I I think gradually the you know this team's moving past um, the 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 rut that they've gotten in um, 
like among the community of you know they, that they they can't be a good team it's you know the teams they play are bad or the teams they play are confused or thrown off guard or whatever um and and you know naturally based on the the compositions and the strategies and whatever you know that's <laughs> it, it's been it's been done to death in in overall league analysis how different Chengdu is as a team um but i think this path month has also reinforced that yeah well this this um you know, this year not only are they a different team, but they're they are legitimately a good team, uh, like you're saying, and that's um, the, that's something to feel really good about if you're a Chengdu fan. Yeah, and they're not playing off meta stuff; they're playing the meta, um, yeah. and it's just one of those situations where Chengdu, like they st- wasn't it they like started the season and like had to play Among right because whoever their main tank was just wasn't with them in LA. I think was their first season was in LA, so. Uh, I remember they had to play Among, they had to play the ball, and then almost, and they, I think they got some fluke wins or something, they ended up getting wins or taking maps, and then people are like, oh, they got this sort of identity of being the off-meta team, and then I feel like they really embraced it too, and this is the first year where they're like, okay, let's just be legitimately good, and it's interesting to see Chengdu and Dallas, because a lot of people are comparing Dallas to that old Chengdu, and they're saying, like, oh, Dallas is so successful because they're playing off-meta, they have no hit scan, and people are having trouble adapting. They've had enough time to adapt at this, at this point, Joe, once we're getting to this weekend. Let's be honest, especially... Um, these teams obviously haven't been able to play against Fuel. They've seen them. They, they're going to have to... They, they know what's coming at this point. They're going to have to try to strategize. Shanghai got to play him twice and still didn't adjust. It's nuts. I mean, they did adjust, but then Sparkle pulled out a Soldier 76 and said, yeah, your Echo's not living. I'm sorry. Um, but yeah, super, super interesting way that we can involved. And I guess we can talk about Shanghai and Dallas, who ended up being our two finalists this weekend. They faced off... Um, uh, in the winner's bracket finals uh, and went to six maps, as Joe mentioned, and Shanghai at that point had played 12 maps and it was, I think they were very tired, um, where they just kept sort of going back and forth on maps, uh, tied Temple and then Shanghai 1-1, Dallas 1-1, Shanghai, Dallas. They just went back and forth and back and forth and Dallas ended up taking it in the end in a really good match. Um, and I think at that point I was like, like, well, at, first of all, after the first game where Dallas beat Chengdu, I was like, oh shit, they are really good. And then they beat Shanghai, and I was like, they're winning it all, aren't they? Like, this is this is legit. Um, overall, uh, I mean, what do you think about these two teams in this this matchup? It's such an interesting matchup. We're used to seeing Shanghai versus other teams, and this, and this time we get to see Shanghai versus this Dallas Fuel team that obviously just can't play the full meta because they don't have a hit scan player um how, how do you think they were able to to succeed not only this weekend joe but like throughout the whole thing was it really the surprise factor because at, at a certain point there is no more surprise right yeah yeah at a certain point yeah you're exactly right there's no more surprise and you know there's there's the good practice that you've had for four or five or six weeks or however long you've been playing uh, i guess um they haven't been play- hadn't been playing without Xe terribly long before the season started, but, um, uh, but, but, but yeah, there's there's something to be said for you know getting good at what you're good at, um, um, the, 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 that's 
but whether or not that's the strategy that um, Dallas intentionally took or not, I think that's um, one of the side effects of of what happened with this team. Um, um, and yeah, it's super interesting um, to to have seen them play uh, Shanghai, you know, in a matchup that definitely we weren't um, anticipating preseason. Um, uh, it, it's and even even with Shanghai, I I think I sort of alluded to it when we did our 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 May melee prediction shows and stuff. But I, I don't know that the four teams that ended up in this tournament are necessarily the four strongest in the in the in the league. Hmm. Um, uh, and and that's <laughs> that's funny as we get into it. Um, our June Joust power rankings later in the show, but um, uh, you know, based purely on non-tournament matches, um, you could really make a case for teams like Philly, teams like Washington, teams like Houston, teams like Shock. Um, um, that that you know, every team we we talk about, every team has weaknesses, every team has uh <laughs> strengths in this in this season and that's super exciting um and so yeah just to, to see Dallas and Shanghai you know we didn't expect it necessarily um but but that's um <laughs> in one sense as as common a match as likely a match as as lots that we could have seen um and and it, it just it just goes to show the um really high competitive level um of this league which I'm really impressed with yeah, it's also really cool because obviously Shanghai versus Dallas. Um, Dallas has Shanghai's old main tank, Fearless, who is absolutely d- dominating and is, uh, in a lot of people's opinions, the MVP frontrunner so far. And I completely agree. I gave him our MVP of the week last week. Um, I would give it to him again this week, but I, I, I like to spread the love a bit. Uh, I got to give credit to Sparkle, who is able to be flexible and like i mentioned earlier switch to soldier 76 when they need him to or something like that i think he has been performing very well last year i think it was more people saw that our paris as more of the xc show uh xc was very dominant on mccree and he also played the whole year whereas sparkle had to wait a couple months to come in um i think this year sparkle it's his show now xc's gone um, Doha's doing great too, but Xe is our Sparkle's really hard carrying on DPS as well. I think he's doing super well, um, but fearless, man, that guy's good. Uh, but yeah, it's super interesting. I agree with you. I think it's. I think a lot of people would agree. Philly Fusion's like Philly Fusion would have gotten second if they would have made it. Um, I, I don't think a lot of people are are willing to say they would have beaten Dallas, but a lot of people are willing to say. Um, that Shanghai Philly match was a was basically like a semifinals match instead of uh, a match to get into the tournament. Um, but what else? What is? I mean, we have the final game. Obviously, the this also went to six maps, but it was a best of seven. Um, and it was an interesting one as well. It, it, you know, it this one was filled with like moments where I was like, "Oh, Shanghai's got got this fight." And then Sparkle or someone on Dallas just clutches out. Fearless comes from the from the top rope with a shatter. Like something big happens. Dallas is able to just clutch out so many fights. Um, and, and I must say, Dallas originally I think was able to win because no one no one can adapt to their off meta playstyle. I think by the end of this tournament and in the final specifically, they're able to win because of skill. 
I, I think it's legit because of individual player skill and, and players carrying a fight. It happens so often when just one alt for, for Dallas will win them the entire fight because the players are using them so well and so efficiently and stuff like that. Um, and I think that happens so often in this game specifically. Um, and there were moments where I thought, oh, Shanghai, especially after like Anubis where Shanghai full held and looked insanely good. I was like, oh, shit, like Shanghai might take this, especially after Dallas took control, which is can go to either team usually. So the fact that Dallas came back and just looked great on almost every other map um, besides Ilios, I, it, it's crazy. They clutch, clutched out so many fights. Um, but yeah, that I mean, that's also... Your match to rewatch, Joe. I mean, I you've got to rewatch just rewatch any match with Dallas. I think Dallas is just such an interesting team to watch, and it's such. It's, a lot of people are saying like May May this May Melee might be one of the best like stages in Overwatch League history, and I agree. Not only was there an insane amount of competition, but I think this Dallas Fuel run is like one of the most unique runs we've ever seen, especially from a team that didn't even. Like Shanghai and Philly and all these other teams. Philly finished four and zero. Washington finished four and zero. He used to finish four and zero. None of them were in the May Melee tournament. Um, and Dallas came with this miracle run as a two and two team. Almost didn't even make the May Melee plans. So, yeah, that's. I mean, that's all I gotta say about the weekend. How about you, Joe? Anything else to add on the, about this finals? Yeah, it's, it's super good stuff. Um, I, I didn't explicitly say, um, but uh, last week you gave your MVP to Fearless. Uh, this week he gets mine. <laughs> There's just um, no stopping this dude in 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 lots and lots of different matchups. Um, we saw him against Fate. We saw him against. Um, uh, actually, we didn't see him against Fate. That's the <laughs> that's the. <laughs> no, we did. Yeah, we, we saw him against Fate. We didn't see him against OGE, uh, but we saw him against Fate. We saw him against Gaga. Um, and just a, a really, really, really good performances. And, and not that we expected anything different. Um, but to very explicitly note that is, like, that's that's <laughs> that's that's the way to do it. So, yeah, big props to, um, to Fearless for that. Yeah, um, um, specifically Mission of Mastery Watch, you know, it's it's got to be the finals because it's the finals, um, but I think you're right that that you 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 can't really go wrong um, with any with any of these um, with any of these matches from this past weekend. If you wanted to go watch something, you, you know, roll, roll your dice, pick your poison. It's it's going to be a good series, um, and yeah, that I think that sets us up really well going into June. Um, um, you, you know when. The, obviously, the biggest difference is going to be the hero pools. Um, um, the, the question remains: you know, is that going to elevate the 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 competition, elevate the um, the the spectator experience? Um, I, I, I kind of think it can't hurt. Uh, and of course, now that I say that, it's it's going to be a worse. Um, <laughs> it, it'll be it'll be a worse experience. I don't know, but. Um, I mean, uh, but it'll be it'll be super interesting and but yeah I think we set our, we've set ourselves up well and by we I guess I mean the league has set <laughs> ourselves up well um yeah. for you know, you know for stage two yeah I mean it's hard to it, it, another reason why I think this is one of the best stages is this was the most diverse meta I think we have seen in Overwatch League history as well so I think when you ban four heroes that 
I mean, especially like someone like Reinhardt that like specifically um, is a huge part of one of those comps we were seeing, Rush. It's hard. It's hard to have a more diverse meta than what we just saw if if the if one of the comps is just gone. So I think at best we just have a meta with one less comp, but it could just narrow down to one specific comp as ends up being the best. Because uh, we also got a bunch of patch notes and changes too, not just the bands. So we'll see overall, and we'll talk about those bands specifically later as well. Um, but yeah, this I mean, what a great stage, a great uh, May Melee, absolutely fantastic. And uh, I hope the June Joust is just as good. And it should be. This is just the most competitive year in league history. Uh, so much. I mean, when I was doing my power rankings, Joe, I was like, I down like far down the list. I was like, any of these teams can upset the top. If I'm going to be honest with you. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, I guess we should move into the news then, and then uh, later we'll hit our power rankings and stuff like that. So stick around for those. Um, the first piece of news is that Guangzhou Charge have dropped their coaching staff. Um, head coach and assistant coach, um, Arach, Arach, how do you say his name? Arachne and uh, yeah, Damon. So. Yeah, Arachne and Damon. Uh, they're gone, which a lot of changes in the Chinese team's uh, staff here, but uh, they had a one and three start, their only win against LA Valiant. So... And not to mention, I think their only map wins were against Valiant when they were facing any other team. They got 3-0'd. Um, makes sense to me to fire your coaches. I, this looks to be Guangzhou Charge's worst year yet uh, from their first impression. What say you, Joe, on, on, these, on this decision, I guess? Yeah, it's uh, definitely not, not a position they want to be in. Um... Um, the definitely Guangzhou is uh, one of the teams that I hope took um, this past week and, and this coming week before uh, the matches return next Friday. Um, you know to really hit a <laughs> hit a reset button and um, and jump back into this with um, uh, a clean slate and, and you know renewed mental. Um, to because yeah the the May was definitely not a performance that you want if you're a Guangzhou charge. Um, and yeah, if, if you're gonna if you're gonna make coaching coaching changes, you know that's um, you know not without precedent now in Asia. Uh, if we look at the what the Hangzhou uh, Hangzhou Spark did uh, just a few weeks ago, um, uh, yeah. So <laughs> we'll see. You know, as you know, step into the new month, see how that changes. Uh, I think it um, the, again. You know, if if those are the kind of changes you make, um, it means you're expecting expecting good things, and that's um that, that's overall positive i think yeah um we'll see what happens although i don't i don't necessarily know if the guangzhou charge biggest issue is coaching uh like to me it felt like some of their talent i, I think they have very good talent on their team like krong eileen choice of juan has impressed me so far um i think kariv has gotten worse as time has gone on in my opinion and looks his worst right now I think there are some player issues clearly on Guangzhou, but um, so I don't know if it was their coaching specifically that was the issue, but we'll, I guess we'll find out. Um, next piece of news, we got some signings here. Uh, Paris announced that they were mutually parting ways with Neptuno, and then they signed a replacement for Neptuno because they have no other support, so they needed to. Um, Dredro, 
Uh, so let's hit Neptuno first, Joe, because this is a very interesting... Like, I don't think we've seen this before, because they mutually parted ways because he wasn't doing well. Um, he wasn't playing well enough. And it just seems fishy to me. For Like, I don't know if Neptuno would say would quit in this situation or like i just it feels fishy to me that they are um saying it's mutually parting ways i feel like neptuno should not be mutually parting ways when they're telling him he's playing poorly um i feel like the competitive person inside him would be like no i don't want to leave um, I think they're dropping him. <laughs> I don't think this is a mutual parting ways. What do you think about um, the way they phrased all this, I guess, Joe? Yeah, it's, it's certainly possible. Um, uh, I think he may have mentioned, if I remember right, um, something about potentially going into a coaching role as well. Hmm. Uh, so it, it could be interesting. Yeah. Um, again, if I'm, if I'm remembering uh, the twit longer correctly. But... Um, but yeah, you know whether whether they dropped him or not. I think, you know, not not without justification certainly to to have dropped him, um, which is unfortunate because again, good player, former Philly, <laughs> former Philly player. I can respect that and do. Um, but um, but yeah, whatever whatever ends up happening, I'm I'm interested to see. Um, you know, if he hangs around the league, if he um, ends up doing something else, I don't know exactly. Um, uh, but, but yeah, it's uh, um, uh, unfortunate to have lost him. I think is the, the overall point there. Yeah, uh, pretty sad. He's definitely a veteran in this scene. Um, but we get another type of veteran in this scene, I guess. And the, uh, there's Dreedro is, you know, he hasn't been old enough to be in Overwatch. He turned 18 in November. Um, so this is the first year he's been eligible for Overwatch League, but he's been in contender since 2017. Um, and there's that whole veteran scene of Overwatch who has just been in, been floating around contenders their whole careers and just hasn't been old enough to be in Overwatch League yet. And this is one of those players. So, um, And I've heard a lot of good things on Twitter about this guy, Dreedro. Um, my guess is based off of a lot of contenders EU and NA talent we've been seeing so far this year, um, especially, my guess is he'll be fine um, and he'll be good, but not insanely good to the point where Paris is all of a sudden going to be a top team, even though Paris has been doing definitely better than we thought they would. Um, you know anything about Dreedro or heard anything, Joe? Uh, yeah, no. I was gonna say I appreciate the scouting report because, cause no, I don't. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not not familiar with um, uh, with him really at all. But um, but but yeah, this sounds it sounds a positive thing. Cause yeah, I, my my concern was gonna be uh, that how and um, to to what degree of success are they gonna be able to um, you, you know replace Neptuno and not not that he's irreplaceable. I don't think. But um, uh, but, but yeah, definitely definitely good to pull in. Um, that kind of experience again is I think uh, a good decision and I, I think this fits where Paris should be heading with their players more than Neptuno does Neptuno's obviously I think he's a pretty, I can't remember his exact age but I think he was pretty old actually um, so he's yeah 29 years old which is very old in esports um, yeah. that's got to be the oldest player in the league so 
for Paris, a team that's rebuilding, I think it's definitely more. You want to lean more towards the Dredros of the world, the eighteen-year-olds that you're you're trying to sort of make better, and they're youngins, you know. They're they're they've got more time in them. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, hopefully Neptuno moves on to a coaching role. I think he's definitely got a smart mind, um, a smart Overwatch mind. So that'd be great. Uh, next piece of news is obviously the big signing of the week, and that is Dallas signing Pine. Um, my God, uh, <laughs> it's it was rumored that Pine was coming back to Overwatch League for like I mean a couple days before this announcement. I felt like. Um, and they got their hit scan player, and it's Pine. And I think a lot of people have questions. Um, I think the casual Overwatch viewer doesn't have questions, Joe. You know, they say, this, <laughs> this Pine guy, he's the best pl- Overwatch player. I don't know why he hasn't been in Overwatch League. Um, this Pine guy, he won MV. He got he he was an All Star in season two when he didn't even play a map, Joe. I mean, he's so <laughs> I good, about right? That. <laughs> <laughs> So obviously, the casual Overwatch League viewer has only heard of Pine, only knows Pine, um, and he is the best Overwatch League player of all time. But um, you know, analysts and stuff like that are gonna say, "Interesting signing," <laughs> because this man has not played Overwatch League for such a long time, to where his exit uh, it didn't bode well. It doesn't sort of give us any hope. I feel like where he kind of just got pushed out and replaced by Libero and just, you know, wasn't good enough to start. Um, it wasn't consistent enough to start. Um, as far as like ladder goes, he's been climbing it a lot lately. He's been getting high rankings, stuff like that. Um, and obviously Rush liked him enough to, to say, yes, let's sign Pine. Um, but this could also be a situation where it's just like, hard to find a hitscan DPS right now, because uh, all of them are just signed or, and stuff like that. Who knows? And who knows how good he's going to be? But I think I think it's I think it's okay to be worried about this signing. Don't you, Joe? Yeah, uh, and I don't even know if, if worried is the right word per se. Um, but yeah, certainly you know, as, as we were live reacting to it um, <laughs> when it was announced earlier this week, um, yeah, that I I definitely said you know I, I've got questions um, that uh, it's it's not 2018 anymore, uh, it's it's not um, <laughs> and it, it feels weird to be saying because again um, you know objectively good player um, but you know this isn't this isn't your grandpa's Overwatch um, and, and and you know there's something to be said for. Um, having that consistency of of, of history, um, the you know do, do I think um, Pine's going to serve a good position for the Dallas Fuel? I, I think so, um, and it's uh, you know obviously better than having no hitscan player at all. Um, um, but but I think he he's got a lot to prove at least for me. Um, um, if if you know if Dallas wants to. Um, to, to you know to reinforce the world you know this was the you know that this was a good decision for us and we we do um <laughs> it sounds bad to say you know well we do have our heads on straight and all this and, and that's that's not quite what i mean but um uh but but, but you know overall it, it's it's a risky decision um and that's it's one that um 
the you know you take a gamble you hope it pays off um but we've got to see over the course of <laughs> over the course of this next month um you, you know how how are they able to fit him in how are they able to um use the abilities and and regain you, you know recover retrain um the abilities that we know he has um it's gonna be a really interesting process uh watching you know, watching the coaching staff and everything work um here for the dallas field in june yeah it, it's gonna be interesting I, I wonder how much we see him play like you just had this starting six that just literally won you the whole thing like do you put pine in already uh, i mean considering the hero bands that might be a legitimate consideration with tracer somber gone who knows i mean who knows what they do here and and i mean the rumors were dallas weren't doing well in scrims with exe um so was this just a worse team with a hit scan player like i guess we'll find out um but i, I must say i'm not i'm not like I'm, I'm excited to see pine play again and i hope he's able to bring the amount of entertainment he brought everyone the first time around but I don't know if 100% if he'll be able to do that or if he's even going to be playing that much, to be honest. I think they have been rolling with Sparkle and Doha very well. Uh, so I don't know if they exactly need it. Um, yeah, just talking about the entertainment factor, uh, it, it does kind of strike me as like a you know season one Dallas Fuel kind of signing yes <laughs> um, <laughs> just, you know oh you know we need a we need a his game player but more than that we need like we need like a name on this team as if the Dallas, um, as if the Dallas Fuel already doesn't like they have the some of the most fan they have like one of the biggest fan bases in the entire league and they're just like give us more fans we need them all yeah <laughs> it's just it's really interesting interesting kind of um, like I said, kind of a gamble. We'll, we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, doing well right now. I, I think as long as they they can just fall back on what they were doing before, and they'll be fine. I'm pretty sure. All right. Up next is um, a retirement, actually, and that's Rhea of the Washington Justice ended up retiring. Um, I don't. So Rhea, I don't think he was playing really, was he? Um, because you got Fury and Mag, so why would he be? Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. When you're not gonna, you're not gonna play over Fury. Yeah, exactly. Basically, ever. Yep. Um, was there anywhere that he mentioned why he retired or anything like that? Because I didn't see anything about it. Um, I think I, th I think it was just elaborated on somewhere. I don't remember. It may have been another sort of um. Well, in fact, I think it was like you know, just taking time to like rest and be with family and whatever. Like, so you know, a decision like made for the players' benefit, which is which is always a good thing. Okay. Um, the if 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 I remember right, that was that was what the um the statement was. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's that's fine and doesn't hurt Washington at all because you've got like a, one of the best tank lines in the league already. Um, Rhea's good, but. Yeah, he's not Fury. Uh, so, yeah, I, I'm glad that Rhea gets to, you know, retire, take some time with family. I like that. Um, okay, up next, obviously we talked about the very interesting Sabiel B situation happening over in China right now. And um, Dustin Bowerman, a.k.a. formerly Dogman, 
tweeted out um, four pictures of uh, of a statement that every single team besides so the Shang all the Chinese teams Shanghai Hangzhou Chengdu um, Guangzhou all tweeted out the same exact or not tweeted I guess they all posted or sent out the same exact statement said our team is very concerned about the voices from our community and among our friends and we respect the many emotions that have risen due to the te- team's viewpoints previously expressed. Through the active involvement of the Overwatch League and with collaboration from the teams involved, we recently had many rounds of discussion and have finally reached an agreement on on the incident. Meanwhile, all teams have agreed that providing the best competitive matches for our fans around the world is number one priority. We will resume normal activities with each other based on mutual respect and unity. And we look forward to making our fans proud in the upcoming tournaments. Thank you, everyone. Um... And I think the most interesting part, I mean, obviously it's a very PR statement, but the most interesting part is that they all sent the same exact one. Like, it makes me feel like they're all, like, someone like someone wrote all this for every single one of the teams. It just feels weird. It makes them feel like one entity or something, uh, even though they're four separate teams. Uh, but I guess it's good that it's resolved. I mean, kind of a vague statement, but I'm pretty sure it's resolved. Yeah, we, we don't we don't hardly have any details. We don't you know we, we, there's not much information beyond uh, what we have that statement. Um, yeah, they're talking about the the weird consistency of everything. I mean, that's um, sort of alluded to. You know, they said, oh, the the active involvement of the Overwatch League um, kind of makes you wonder how active that involvement actually was, because um, um, you know clearly um, Owl has a vested interest in in keeping things civil among the teams um, um and yeah the, the fact that it happens during this sort of off not off season but off off month time period uh, means that we didn't really see very many effects really at all um in the actual overwatch league games themselves um and presumably won't which is nice um but but it'll be interesting to to keep this in mind you know as we go as we go into the season and you know see are there do, do there seem to be effects from this are there you know weird things that are ha- happen in the fallout that we have to think about um is it really actually settled <laughs> you know these i don't i don't really know what to say about that uh i'm not sure some of these other teams do it really either but um <laughs> yeah it's, a, it's an unsettling conclusion <laughs> um, that we just kind of have to live with, I think, for now. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just such a weird situation. I mean, keep. I guess we'll keep everyone updated if anything else happens. But I, I, I hope it's done for now. I don't know. It's scary. I, it feels weird. It feels like a. It feels like a, something else could happen. You know, it feels like this. There could be another incident or something, um, because. The whole Sable Bee situation brings up some uh, just a very interesting aspect of this league that not too many people have thought of before. So uh, anything can happen now. I feel like it's just kind of scary. We'll we'll keep an eye on that. Um, as far as more news goes, we got a dev update. The first one with uh, Aaron Keller and not Jeff Kaplan, which was very interesting. Um, he didn't try to steal Jeff's thunder at all and didn't say hey this is aaron keller from the overwatch team he just i think he just said hey what's up or something um um, which he can have his own thing i don't think he wants to be jeff um 
but he it was it felt like a dev update to almost like ease him in because it was an announcement of announcement he didn't really announce anything um he just announced that on may 20th there will be an overwatch 2 pvp update stream it'll be he didn't say this but it later came out that it'll be a two-hour stream um with the overwatch league team which means like uber and mr x i think um about the pvp uh which is exciting i think there are going to be some very very big changes to the pvp even when we talked about overwatch 2 back at blizzcon joe i remember when you brought up uh the 5v5 possibility i think that is a i think there is a strong chance that could happen um which is scary for overwatch league players obviously because that's every team minus one player in their starting lineup um i think there are huge implications for the tank role in that i think they would like to change it to be more of a dps tank uh, just yeah a, they, they just, said as much in february yeah just a big dps in my i i think they want to i think they saw maybe valorant and how valorant has handled supports and and other like things and basically everyone's a dps right um even if you have healing in your kit you can still get insane amount of kills and even in overwatch baptiste anna there are a lot of supports that are kill heavy um but i think they just want to make overwatch every because i think that's how you fix the dps queue up problem joe is you make everything a dps and then you're like oh okay now I, now i do want to play tank because I, I can kill things and stuff like that but um yeah that's gonna be a very interesting stream i will say as a member of an overwatch league team they will be having a Q&A in the Overwatch League Discord, the devs will, with the Overwatch League players after as well um, about the v- PvP, which also makes me think that there are going to be big changes that need question need a Q&A session after for. Um, yeah. So that's interesting. Pres- presumably that won't be... That will, um, publicly accessible. <laughs> uh, no, that will not be... That will just be me. Sorry, everyone. Um, <laughs> But that'll be very interesting. I I wonder if they'll say anything private that um can't be leaked or anything like that, or if it'll just all be publicly known knowledge that they tell the players. We'll see. And then there's going to be a dev AMA on the r slash Overwatch subreddit on May twenty fourth as well. Um, so that was the dev update, and I am so hyped for May twentieth. That's in a week now, um, but I'm very hyped for that. Um, and that's a day before the games too. It should be cool, and I I would expect big changes. And I'm glad that they're finally emphasizing, like, hey, this is this game's about PvP too, not just PVE, um, because that's what Overwatch is right now. So I'm glad they're finally reaching out and talking about it. Um, but yeah, any thoughts on on those announcements, Joe? Yeah, it's, it's going to be super good. You know, we're, you, you know, still, it hasn't changed that we're in a point where, you know, the more content and the more um, cool things we get to see, you know, it's objectively better. Um, <laughs> so that's definitely a good thing. Uh, I think the one of the things they did explicitly say they were going to do, um, um, like, playthroughs of some of the new maps, too, so we'll get to see, um, you know, more detail of, you know, New York and, 
Rome, I think, is a new map. Uh, stuff like that, maybe. Yeah, Rome. Uh, so, so that'll be cool. Um, but, oh, but yeah, to just another push map. Yeah, another push map. Yeah, because there'll be several. I think they said. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, <laughs> I, I hope there'll be more than one when they launch. Um, <laughs> yeah, that would be annoying. Yeah, um, but yeah, just lot lots of good stuff in the stream. Hopefully, um, and presumably no release date, <laughs> but. Um, some another good taste of of what's to come um you, you know if if we're understanding this right yeah i think if if there are big changes like i theorize i think this is they're going to they want to get these big changes out there before a, a good amount of time before Overwatch 2 comes out so that people are prepared for if it's 5v5 like you can't tell players that um like four months before like the 2022 overwatch league season starts or something right they need to know the gms of each team need to know you're only going to have five starting players now and it's going to be one tank whatever you know uh so i I think that's if that change is happening uh it makes sense um yeah Yeah, that'll be exciting uh, as we say, and that'll just be the you know that'll help to serve to you know inform your player base too, because you, know, yeah. um, you know we've we've got to know what to expect just as much as um, <laughs> just as much as you know and less than presumably, but um, <laughs> you know these these team managers too, yeah, because um, mm-hmm. you you don't want this kind of thing to take people off guard. Yeah, and it'll possibly hype the fans up to see stuff like that, to see 5v5, or I don't know if 5v5 actually hypes people up. I Like, I, I'm not, I don't have any strong opinions. Like, I don't know what it would do for the game, to be honest. I, I'm i not, like, super attached to 6v6 or something. But, yeah, we'll see what happens. Um, but, yeah, definitely good to inform everyone a little early. And it's good that this year they're like, hey, let's tell everyone a lot about overwatch 2 finally um and now we get to talk about the june joust which is going to be happening a day after that stream and it'll start um and we get some tiebreaker changes as well as hero pools and the new map pools and stuff like that um they added a tiebreaker change just a minor change um like a strength of schedule tiebreaker which um, was actually proposed by Jake in the Overwatch League Discord. I watched that go down. Um, and uh, what is it? The third one? League points of opponents within tournament cycle. Um, so basically, they'll, one of the tiebreakers is they'll take a look at the, league, the total league points added up of all your opponents within that tournament cycle. And if you, basically, if you, play, if you had a harder schedule than the team you're tiebreaking against then you get in. But that's the third thing. It's only if you're tied in map differential and head-to-head records. So I think that's a cool way to tiebreak and definitely avoids what would have happened. I still don't know what, and no one knows what would have happened if there was that four-way tie in the melee. Um, Definitely helps avoid that, I guess. Um, And then we got our first hero pools uh, getting banned and I think these were randomly selected based on play rate data throughout the May Melee. And it was only only heroes that were had a 10% or more pick rate were eligible. And then they just randomly picked out of that pool. 
And the damage bands are Tracer Sombra, and then Reinhardt is the tank, and Zenyatta is the support. Um, which is interesting, because I, like, Zenyatta, I feel like, obviously played enough to get 10%, but definitely not the most played support, probably. Um, with, like, Ana and Bap, the most common off, off supports, I feel like. Um, but interesting hero pool. Any, like... I, I don't know if you've gotten to think about the hero pool that much that just came out today, Joe, but any any of these stand out to, like, teams like maybe the Fuel? Like, how do you think this affects a team like the Fuel um, yeah. who, may, who maybe liked Reinhardt? I mean, Fearless likes Reinhardt, obviously. <laughs> yeah, the um, did, definitely I think Reinhardt is, is the biggest loss here, um, uh, followed probably pretty closely by Tracer. Um um, but yeah, Reinhardt in particular, that's um, definitely not um, what a, a lot of teams would, <laughs> I imagine, like to lose. Um, or, you know, individual players would like to lose. You know, people are joking on the internet about, you know, Super's not going <laughs> to, you know, Super's going to get benched for a month. But I mean, you know, <laughs> presumably he will unless he plays Genji some more. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, this is, you know, so that, that's worth thinking about. But, um, uh, but, but yeah, you're right. Zen not as big of a factor. Um, um, Sombra not a super big factor. She, she gets played a lot with Tracer, um, but you know we we won't have uh, Tracer now either, um, and so that's you know relatively significant for Sombra. Um, the, the the yeah teams like um, you know Dallas. If you know we think about Dallas's history in the main melee with Tracer, um, you know Sparkle played a lot of her. Um, but knowing that that's not uh, his comfort, you know, I think that's um, you know a benefit potentially for for Sparkle. Um, uh, teams like, um, let's see, um, it, part of my my logic, we're gonna do some predicting for the uh, Boston Toronto game um, uh, here when we do our predictions in a few minutes. Uh, and, and part of my logic in in picking that um, match was this Reinhardt change because uh, I don't know that um, I guess it's spoilers for for my pick, but whatever. <laughs> uh, that, that I don't I don't know that um, um, Toronto is a team that would prefer um, a, a Reinhardt or a Reinhardt ban. I, I think they I think they like the to to play the Reinhardt uh, over something like the Winston. Um, um, yeah, you know, just as an example, um, um, but, but yeah, I like that it's not a, a large variety, or I like that it's not one specific composition that gets banned necessarily, because uh, you know you take Reinhardt out, definitely Rush suffers, but um, you, you know you take Tracer out, um, and that's <laughs> um, it's going to be a, a pretty modified dive. I wonder if we see more Echo um, this next month, which honestly I wouldn't mind. Um, um, you know, I wonder how 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 some of the compositions that we saw a lot of in May are going to end up getting modified, um, and and that's you know part of the point of the, of the hero pool. So I think in that sense, um, it's the, in that sense it succeeded. You know, it's um, it's just a matter of how how things end up shaking out once once the teams start to play. Yeah, um, I think it's super interesting, and you can I think it's really cool. You can like. You can maybe like help your predictions, I guess, because everyone's got pickums. Um, you can go into like Stats Lab um, on Overwatch League if you forgot that was a thing. It still is. 
Um, and you can see like their hero usage and how often they would use these certain heroes that got banned. And, you know, speaking of Boston, Toronto, both of them actually favored the, the Reinhardt over Winston, but pretty even. Stan one played Reinhardt 47% of the time and Winston 41.7% of the time. Um, and then meanwhile, Toronto Sato has very similar numbers. I believe it's not loading for me now which sucks. But I believe it was like 48% Reinhardt, 42% Winston. It was like basically the same. Um, yeah, I just I just loaded and I was right. Uh, so it's interesting to look at all that um, and looking at sort of the other things. I mean, they didn't, like Logics, when he was in, played Tracer a crazy amount. They would usually, I believe, try to play like Nice on, on Tracer as well. Um, but, but Nice was mostly playing like may and they were playing mccree they barely played sombra so it's super interesting to like look at stats of those if if you want to go check them out uh but speaking of boston i do think these hero pools are actually really good for a team like boston because obviously they we lost our tracer soon um and valentine's good at tracer but it's not i think he's very similar to sparkle actually like he prefers the genji he prefers the doom he prefers the echo um, he prefers these other characters to, to the Tracer for sure. So, um, but yeah, Tracer was like literally the most used hero overall, by the way. Um, so interesting. It's, uh, it's not, uh, not immediately obvious. I wouldn't, I don't know that I would have guessed that. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, but yeah, uh, those are the hero bands. We got a, a bunch of map pools too. If you want to go check them out, you can. I'm not going to go through all of them, and I don't think they matter too much, so I won't go through them. You can go check them out. You'll if you'll immediately. You're a big Rialto fan. Yeah, I guess if you're a big Rialto fan, <laughs> I do like Rialto actually. Rialto, we've got some of the best matches have been on Rialto, right? Like I feel like we had Vancouver Shock that one year where like Shock fully fully ran the map and then vancouver ran it fully even better like that was such a nuts rialto rialto has so many good matches on it the one nene grav against vancouver that uh, was yeah, on rialto yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah rialto's a great map which by the way aaron keller also designed rialto uh, alongside kings row so he's a he's a oh, genius nice um all right let's go into power rankings before we predict this first week of the june joust uh, i must scroll up to the picture joe sent me of our power rankings which is beautiful okay and it's actually joe joked because it's actually very similar i we did not collaborate on our power rankings um <laughs> joe you'll tweet this out right so if people want oh yeah people want to go see it you can go to our twitter at on the flank uh show and it'll be up there you can follow along but yeah, we got some very similar picks here, Joe. Um, I mean, I'm trying to even find differences here at the bottom, I guess. Um, you have Guangzhou and London a little... Guangzhou a little lower and London a little higher than me. Um, but I think towards the bottom, like, it's pretty... We have we have the same bottom five. I, I don't really want to debate, <laughs> you know, who's the best worst team right now, I guess. Yeah. Well, and... The- Go ahead and yeah, read them explicitly. We've got um, the, the bottom five for for all of us, uh, for both of us, I should say: um, Paris, Guangzhou, London, uh, Vancouver, um, and the LA Valiant. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> which yeah, not not super surprising as far as that goes. Yeah. Um, 
uh, for that sort of initial tier. Um, and then for both of us, we've got sort of a, a second tier from the bottom as well, um, throwing in uh, Toronto, Hangzhou, uh, Atlanta, New York, um, uh, maybe Boston there too. I threw Boston there at the top of that tier, uh, sitting at number 11. Um, uh, I know, John, you don't officially rank them, but um, <laughs> potentially somewhere in there probably. Yeah, I would say that I, I like where you have them, Joe. I'll be honest. I, that's higher than a lot of people have them at eleven. I like that spot, and I think it's a I think it's a legitimate <laughs> spot there. I think they could beat these teams you have above them. You have you have uh, Toronto below them, Atlanta below them, New York. I think they Hangzhou below them. I think they could definitely beat those teams. Um, but yeah, not in the top ten quite yet, I guess. Um. I think interesting ones out of this tier are maybe Toronto because they did end up making May Melee and having a good record. Um, who we both ranked at 12, uh, which is actually going up in my power rankings and it just stays even with where yours is. Uh, despite their good record, I still think they had a very easy schedule, right, Joe? So I, that's why I kept, yeah. I, I have to keep them down here. I don't think they're a top team or anything like that. Um, and I must say, even though they've gone up in my power rankings, I think my opinion of them maybe has gone down a little bit, to be honest. I, I don't know if they can actually threaten these top teams, which I thought they possibly could do. Uh, one big difference is I have Hangzhou four spots ahead of you, I guess. Um, to explain that for myself, I guess I just got hyped by their last week when they their coaches were gone and then they... Uh, I, I just think they looked better, and Shy looks really good so far. I still, I think I'm getting overhyped by their talent, Joe. Their pure, their pure talent they have on this roster just it makes me think. Yeah, no, they can't. They got Architect. This seems good. Trust me. Um, they got Shy, who's doing really well so far. But um, yeah, why you got? Why do you think? What do you think about Hangzhou and New York? I guess because I, you have New York above Hangzhou, actually. I guess it makes uh, I guess it makes kind of sense, right? Yeah, just slightly. Um, and <laughs> yeah, both of them um, taking a bit of a fall from where I had ranked them preseason. Um, uh, but but yeah, New York um, in particular not super impressive for me. Um, uh, Hangzhou, I think there's there's definitely a lot uh, of room for them to grow. Is 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 definitely fair going into into the June joust. Um, and whether some of these uh, recent coaching changes and, and um, roster decisions and that kind of thing can really um, come up into the forefront and get properly used, um, that that's definitely going to be an important factor in, in ranking this, excuse me, in ranking this team as well. Um, uh, yeah, it's, it's funny. There's such a large gap in, in my rankings between Seoul at number nine um, and, and New York and Hangzhou at 14 and 15. Um, and, and but I, I think really there's there is a pretty pretty big distinct difference in in Asia right now um, that we have yet to see some of these teams um, try to try to crack that um, that division. Yeah, yeah. I think there's a clear bottom four in Asia, right? Like it's clear cut that that four of these teams are good and championship contenders. Four of them, no, they're not. Um, which is very interesting because Asia has been. It feels like Asia's been the dominant place in Overwatch League history, but now NA's got just way more teams that I think could possibly be that top 
the NA team and make a run for it and beat these Asia teams. So uh, NA is impressive this year, I gotta say. Um, okay, let's 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 take a crack at our top ten. I I do want to mention I just noticed that I rated NYXL seven at the beginning of the season. Uh, wow, <laughs> um, that was a miss. Uh, yeah, they're they're not performing yeah, up that's... to their scrim bucks. That's clear. Um, the first big difference is at year number ten you have gladiators, and I am still being a goal, uh, stupid biased gladiators fan and have them at five. <laughs> Um, why am I, why should, I, I think I should be calling you stupid, Joe, you know, cause the, the gladi- <laughs> look at this team, the scrim bucks, you know, they cashed them in, they're two and two now. No, I, I think, I think your pick makes more sense. I am just way more optimistic on this team. They, they, I, they won their last two games and look way better, but it was against a, a Boston team that had yet to get their footing and, or it was their first game actually. And, uh, London. So, yeah, I I think you're right in saying they still need to prove themselves, Joe. <laughs> yeah, and and at the same time, I would definitely put them um in like the upper tier of um of North America. Uh, you know, if we if we cut that dividing line at you know between Gladiators and Boston, which is you know unfortunate, but um and I, I would throw them up there with teams like Houston and Florida and Shock. Um, as, as far as that goes in North America, um, but yeah, they, they definitely haven't had um, that game, and I guess with the possible exception of um, the Shock game, which all of a sudden I can't remember if they beat Shock, but either either they beat them or they played them really close. They played them um, close. It was a it was a okay. close-ish game. They they took one map. It was three one. Yeah, this is one of those three ones that's deceptive. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah. yeah that players um, could have taken another map pretty easily, but. Yeah. Um, uh, yes. So that was definitely a bright spot as far as that goes. Um, but yeah, other than that, I think um, this is still a team that's waiting on, um, like, a, a, a standout performance that we haven't quite really seen yet, which is unfortunate. Uh, again, really good team. Um, um, but yeah, just not um, not necessarily where I would have expected them to be at this point. All right, yeah, I, I agree. I, I have them at five because of pure talent and I, like two and two. They almost made May melee. I, I still think they, I still think they can be one of those top teams, and I think they can surprise here. Um, next big difference: I have Washington at nine. You have Washington all the way up at three. A team that obviously didn't make the May melee, so maybe you have more. I think most people would place it in between where we have them, Joe. So I am on the extreme of I rank them low, and you're on the extreme of you rank them very high. So I guess we should both explain. I'll explain my side first, then you can explain your side. I rank them nine because I, even though they had a, yeah, they went four and zero, right? They had four and zero start. Yeah. They had an extremely easy schedule. Let's be honest about that. Um, first of all. And then I just wasn't like, and then it, they finish it all off by losing to the Florida Mayhem, and not like. They were sort of competitive in that game, but I, they Florida kind of just took took that series away from them completely. Um, and that was, in my opinion, the first time they really had a, a tough match. They played Dallas at some point, but I, at that point, Dallas was still getting their footing. I felt like Dallas wasn't... They didn't play the Dallas we just saw last weekend. I'll say that. So I, while I do like this Washington team, I, from this first May Melee stage, I got to say I... 
can definitely see flaws in their play. I can see some weaknesses. And I, I, I do think once they get a tougher schedule in one of these tournaments, they might just not make it um, and have a bad record. Go 2-2, two and two, go 1-3 and three possibly. So that's why I'm at 9. Why you got them at 3, Joe? Uh, yeah, that... Um... Uh, that they didn't they didn't play the Dallas we saw in the main melee I think that's that's an accurate statement for sure um, um, despite getting the win um, but yeah I, I am still really impressed with uh, with the team and the way that they've developed in in a, a meta that um, I, I think nobody would really disagree was really defined by the main tank player um, in in May um, to come in to come into the league with um, the talent of mag was super a really good benefit for washington um um and but knowing how how um well i I was gonna say how young he is and i guess there's there's some of that too he's you know obviously a a battle-hardened overwatch professional (laughs) but uh you know new to the league and um stepping into these these really big shoes for basically the first time in his career um and that's um definitely something something to keep in mind something not worth forgetting um as and that as we get further along in the season um and with the incredible support they have behind um the the rookie main tank i think that's um just gonna be really overall a really big boon um for washington and yeah so not the um not the way you want the first um the first tournament cycle to go but at the same time you couldn't have asked for much better um you know except for actually making the tournament um uh, yeah i'm a similar position to you with gladiators maybe in in that i'm i'm holding their stocks for now yeah um um (laughs) since uh, the the desk is talking about copium now. I don't know if it's I don't know if it's copium or what. Yeah, but, it's either copium. Um, it's copium if your or, team's doing bad, and hopium if your team's doing uh, good. Yeah, it's true. So yeah, ho- hopium. Uh, <laughs> I don't know, but the 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 Washington hopium is is staying around <laughs> with me for now. Okay. Um. Yeah. Otherwise, otherwise we got very similar. We got Houston at eight, Chengdu at seven, Florida at six. I do want to point out like. I think a lot of people are rightfully down on San Francisco after the May Melee, a bad start. We're both, I think, pretty high still. You have them at five, I have them at, I have them at four. And we both have them over Houston, a team they lost to, um, by the way. So I, 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 it's that also interests me. I wonder why I did that. I don't know why I did that. But I, I, <laughs> I in the end, I do think so. Like, I wanted to still... I didn't think San Francisco... It's it's hard to put San Francisco lower than than five, isn't it, Joe? Like, yeah, they didn't look good, but they've won two championships in a row, and they've got the best coach in the league and some of the best players in the league. They're gonna turn this around, right? If they don't, even if they have a bad June joust, I I I'm still gonna have this feeling deep in my pit, like. They're, they're going to turn it around, right? They, they're going to make the play. This is such a good team, right? Um, yeah. Why why did you put them high, I guess, Joe? Was it the same reason as me? We, yeah, I think it's... Uh, this, is a, this is a team that's earned um, 
it's earned our respect i think is definitely fair to say um they, they, they've earned a little staying power in the power rankings um and yeah it was definitely not not the may um you want to start out with as san francisco shock um they're definitely good things they can learn from um from from that first month um but yeah i think you're right you know the the, the potential is you know unquestionably there like that that's not um it's not something you should be worried about as a san francisco shock fan um i haven't looked ahead to see the schedule it may um may end up being easier than we've um than we saw in may um because uh, again you know when they played the gladiators they played houston they played dallas you know those were um they, some pretty difficult they do play dallas I, again. I, I think, <laughs> Oh, they do. There you go. Yeah. So, so yeah, that that'll be one to tune in for for sure. Um, but, but but yeah, the San Francisco Shock, um, like I said, they they've earned the right not to be written off at this point. Um, and uh, I uh, I'm hesitant to knock them down more than the four spots that I did um, at this point in the season. Yeah, same here. I we saw a similar thing last year where at the beginning of the season, Shock were losing. We're like, oh, Shock, they're dead. Um, the shock, they're not going to be good as good this year. And then they just went on a tear and won everything, obviously. So that's why I'm not putting them down yet. Uh, but yeah, everything else pretty standard. Dallas and Shanghai, one and two for both of us. We got Philly pretty high, which I think a lot of people would agree that makes sense. Um, they're four and oh, and absolutely dominant. And they have a very easy schedule coming up in June. Joust could easily be like eight and oh which would be nuts without their full starting roster. Um, but yeah, that's it. If you want to go see our full power rankings, you go to Twitter, but I think we got pretty good power rankings, Joe. I think they're pretty accurate. Um, yeah. And you know, again, this would, uh, when you do a podcast for two and a half years, you start thinking similarly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, it'll be, it'll be really, Oh, and I, it was, it was funny comparing ours to the, um, uh, IBM rankings as well. Cause they're, not that different, honestly. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, I haven't seen the IBM uh, rankings. Yet. I've just seen the player rank. I look at the player rankings and I'm like, these are kind of like it continues with Overwatch that stats, barely, individual stats, like feel like they barely matter because like it's just the entirety of Dallas is the top seven or whatever. So it's like, okay. Yeah, obviously they they won. Um, like I, I, I like. Maybe I'm just used to other sports and stuff like that, where like some of the best, like the leaders in home runs, like sometimes their team sucks and they're not even going to make playoffs, but they have the best individual stats. So Overwatch is not like that at all. <laughs> it's very team based and depends on how your team's doing. I feel like I should say too, now that I just posted our uh, <laughs> the, the the power rankings graphic. Um, that yes, we did. We do both have uh, Dallas and Shanghai as the top two, um, which um, you, you know you might <laughs> you, you, one might question after hearing how we were talking about some of these other teams uh, and some of these other um, divisions here on the show. But um, you, you know, at the same time, number one, this is you know post May going into June, um, but I don't think it's that controversial to say that. I mean that yeah, Dallas played like the best team in the league this past weekend, um, and that's that's worth mentioning. Um, uh, it's, it's you know, so it's a different question about whether, um, like I like I just commented earlier, you know, is um, 
uh, are they the best team in the league, or did they did they just play like it? You know, there's that's that kind of question. Um, and definitely, at least what was going through my head making these rankings was um, um, more the second thing. That yeah, this uh, they they've earned that spot on the top um, from playing really well, uh, and then they they can definitely lose it um, <laughs> depending on how how June goes for them. Yeah, I I am gonna come out and say I think they will lose it, Joe. Like I I'm ranking Dallas number one because they obviously look the best right now, but. Even last year, even years before, like no one has just dominated every single stage or every single tournament in Overwatch history. Like it's been passed on. It's been, it's gone to other teams. Like meta's changed. There are hero bands this this month. Like I think it's up for grabs for anyone, and especially in the most competitive year in Overwatch League history. I think someone else is definitely taking the June Joust title. It's not going to be Dallas this time around. I'll just there's my bold prediction of the day. I guess not really that bold, but it's fine. So so very much in line with with all the other bold predictions. Yeah, so of course. <laughs> um, but yeah, those those are power rankings. They're tweeted out officially, so go check them out. Um, and we'll get into our June joust predictions here. It's happening next week, one week, almost one week away from when we're recording this. We get our first matches. Um, I haven't looked at our pick'em standings after the main melee because I know I did shit. My bracket was awful. <laughs> yeah, I only got I think four <laughs> points because um, I had um, I, I think because I had Shanghai randomly coming out of the losers bracket, but it was against a different opponent. But they they gave yeah. points because because I had them winning. Yeah, yeah. Um, you at least had uh, that. But yeah, it is. Yeah, it is uh, 96 to 78 is where we're at after the first month. Okay, so I got some catching up to do still, but luckily enough, that means Joe picks first. Um, it's true, it's true. First four matches are the four matches. We, of course, we pick every match, but um, four matches with the band heroes, Sombra, Tracer, Reinhardt, Zenyatta. Um, the first match we'll be picking is Guangzhou versus Hangzhou, which I think we actually got to see. Yeah, we did. Um, in the last week, they both played. And Hangzhou 3 0 um, and looked good while doing it. Uh, Joe, do you think uh, Guangzhou's able to, now that, I mean, now that they've copied Hangzhou and fired their coaches, do you think it's their turn to 3 0 Hangzhou, or do you think it'll be the same result? That, that's the winning strategy. Right? <laughs> Just fire your, fire your coaching staff. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, in this case, um, uh, I assume <laughs> your, your predictions may be similar here. Um, uh, but, but yeah, I, I'm I'm definitely um, still leaning towards Hangzhou in this matchup. Um, I I hope this is a much closer. Um, the I, I hope this is a much closer match than it could be, and maybe that's why I I picked it to uh, <laughs> uh, for us to predict today. Because um, I hope, like I alluded to earlier in the show, that Guangzhou is able to um, have a really productive break. Um, you know, make some make some coaching changes, make some um, philosophy changes, and and um, have a really good showing in June, um, um, but you know, as far as far as pickums go, I'm uh, I'm definitely still um, staying with Hangzhou for now, where I know um, things will be a little bit safer potentially. Yeah, I'll, I, I I'm all about taking the safer picks here. Um, I'll go Hangzhou as well. Yeah, I think Hangzhou wins. Same same deal uh, as last time they played. 
next up, uh, what should be a good game, Chengdu Hunters, Shanghai Dragons. We got to see them play in the main melee, but not, I guess, where you thought they would. They haven't played since week one, even though they both made that main melee tournament. Um, they didn't end up playing each other because Chengdu lost to the two NA teams and left. Uh, so back, back, back when they played, Chengdu Hunters 3-0'd the Shanghai Dragons. Um, since then, a lot has changed, and I think pe most people think Shanghai is better than Chengdu at this point. We power ranked them ahead of Chengdu. Uh, so do you think Shanghai will do an old switcheroo here and, and win this time around, Joe? Uh, I think it's I think it's most likely, uh, and, and I think it's also likely that you may need to pick these matches next time if we're going to pick the same. Uh, but we'll see. Um, um, I think this is a good match. But yeah, because uh, because yeah, I, I I am I am staying here with Shanghai that um, they they definitely learned the things they needed to learn for May, um, and it's it's going to be a different landscape, um, obviously. Once we go into June and we have the new hero pools and we have all these other things, and I suppose that's um, you know potentially where some of the differences in these picks can lie. But um, um, but but it's um, it definitely Shanghai is looking really strong, um, and that's not going to change uh, between now and uh, <laughs> and this match. Um, and you know if if Chengdu is going to try to maintain this um, confidence that they've earned from a lot of viewers, I think. Um, you know, right out of the gate, this match is is where that's going to have to start for him. Yeah, well, I'll do. I'll pick opposite of you, Joe. I'll go Chengdu. I'll, I'll say what I said at the beginning of the show. I think maybe they were just a little nervous about the main melee. I think they could have had possibly a better performance than Shanghai if they had more experience in moments like this, where obviously Shanghai might just be the most experienced team at this point, as they've made so many tournaments last year and um, made runs and all that stuff, whereas Chengdu just never did. And they've got a bunch of rookies. Uh, I think we get a regular season game with a regular season environment. Chengdu can beat Shanghai, and the hero pools make it interesting too. Um, where Chengdu, you know, maybe not as like Shanghai like to run flood on tracer pretty often. I think that that was one of their best parts of their game, um, unless they're facing the Dallas Fuel where they hard push Echo because they don't have a hit scan. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll go Chengdu. I think they could win this one. Uh, it's hard to predict with hero pools who's going to be good and who's not, but I still I still think Chengdu in a regular season environment could beat them. I think it'll be closer than the last time they played, though. Next up is Toronto versus Boston. I get to pick another Boston game, Joe, which I think you know what me you know who I'm picking. That's why you keep picking Boston game, Joe, because you just know who I'm going to pick. <laughs> Um, it's um, I'm playing mind games with you. Which, Toronto Boston is very interesting because we had you had them very close. I think side by side in your power rankings, right at eleven and twelve. So um, that sounds right. Yeah. Are you going to go with your power rankings here and say yes, Boston's going to beat Toronto here? They're they're eleven and Toronto's twelve. So obviously, yeah. And I and I, and I sort of alluded to it uh, when we were. Um, talking about these hero pools and stuff, that I think um, the hero pools will definitely have the potential to make a difference in this in this match. Um, and yeah, that um, the, you know that you know potentially Toronto will be. Uh, <laughs> uh, and and I, I say this as a uh, Philly fan from last couple of seasons, who's uh, who's had Sato in the main tank role, um, and and we've seen him um, and his Winston grow and evolve and and develop. Um, and, uh, and I'm um, not super comfortable uh, picking with it right now. Um, and uh, again, I hope 
um, um, it, it, after he's after he's been free of it for a while, hopefully um, stepping back into it, he won't see these those same kind of issues. Um, uh, but at least initially, yeah, that I'm 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 leading for Boston here, um, partly for those reasons. Um, partly, you know, again, we uh, definitely agree this is not a bad team. Yeah. Um, um, but it's it's going to be it's going to be good to see um, you know where exactly and how exactly um, Dallas will be prepared to to st- or not Dallas Boston will be prepared to step up for this one. Yeah, um, it'll be very interesting. I mean, ter- I think Toronto they're a good team. They're able to they they've been able to beat those easy teams. They beat Vancouver, London last time out. Um, they ended up beating Atlanta. They sh- they're beating the teams they should beat, which is good. Uh, it's maybe a little closer in the case of like the Atlanta game and then they get like wrecked by Washington stuff like that. So, and, and then in the main melee tournament, obviously also getting wrecked by the Florida mayhem. Um, so two tough teams, those are their only losses. It's hard. It's hard to go against them here, but for Boston while Toronto, I feel like every game I've seen a different Toronto almost where it's like, Oh, they're doing this weird, this, this like, they've been spotty whereas boston has been like a lot like if you look at them like a graph toronto's like bouncing up and down the graph while boston's like kind of just like rising like a hill you know it's more consistent you can see them developing you can see them getting less nervous as the may melee went on stuff like that um and i think they just get better and better every week here for boston not to mention i think hero pools like i mentioned earlier benefit tracer being banned is really good for boston because then you, you don't have to put Valentine on Tracer, um, who is good at Tracer, but isn't his, you know, his favorite pick. Uh, he likes that Doom. He likes that Echo. He likes that Genji even. So, yeah, I like Boston. Plus, by the way, Boston, I don't know if you saw on Twitter, Joe, um, Gable C and Fusions both have arrived. So Gable C and Fusions both available for the June Joust as well and that first game. Um, so that also yeah. adds adds a little thing in there. Yeah, Fusion's arriving just in time to not play Reinhardt. <laughs> yep, uh, <laughs> I'm sure he enjoys that a lot. I mean, he enjoys playing Monkey. So, but yeah, should be super interesting if we see Gable C in that first match because obviously everyone hyping this man up um, as one of the best off tanks. It's not like Punk's been doing bad though. He's been one of the best players on the team so far. So we'll see what happens there. Um, one more game to predict Florida Houston, uh, and this one should be an interesting one too. Um, and I think it's really interesting because obviously we just saw Florida make that run. I think Houston, if they were on that other side of the bracket, like didn't have to face Dallas, they would have made it. I think a lot of people agree they would have made it. Um, they were on the harder side of the bracket, but I think a lot of people, when they were power ranking this team, Joe, were saying Houston's a meta dependent team. Right, everyone's preseason power rankings are like, okay, this team's gonna be good at rush. Everyone's scrim bucks are saying this team's good at rush. Reinhardt's banned now, Joe, so Jangu can't play that Reinhardt, which he was so good at. And now they got Florida, who, by the way, really turned up at the end of the May melee. Um, where do you see this one going? Like, honestly, this is a tough one to pick with hero bands, with how things have been going. This is a hard one, Joe. What, what do you think you're gonna take, Florida or Houston? Yeah, definitely one of the harder ones we're looking at this week, that's for sure. Um, lots of my focus um, for this particular pick is on OGE. Um, that he, we know how good his Winston is. Um, 
and um, I'm really looking forward to seeing it uh, in this match and just generally. Um, th- th- yeah, uh, um, and and at the same time looking at um, the adaptability or or you know how adaptable it ends up being for Houston, um, and they're also again rookie tank line um, and, and how that's. Um, able able to adjust to these to these hero pools um but yeah i'm i'm more confident with uh with florida i think right now than i am with houston um as far as that pick goes um uh, but yeah def- definitely potential here for for both teams again um because we're um but again talking about some really you know high uh high tier teams and that's um <laughs> that's the way to be yeah uh this should be a really interesting match i mean you look at it, the hero bands really do matter. And I feel like this is the first one where I have real clarity on it, Joe, because I'm like, Florida, they were like significantly better at the double bubble than they were at Rush, right? They got, they were, they could play the Rush and they could compete. But once they switched to double bubble, that was the one they were like, okay, this is the top tier team. Um, they still got their Winston. They still got their Zarya. They still got their double bubble, Joe. Um, meanwhile, you got Houston, the team like coming into the preseason known as like, this is the, this is the best team at rush and people and they were pretty damn good at rush reinhardt gone no reinhardt for them so it, it feels so cut right it feels like okay one team is clearly benefiting from hero bands the other one is clearly not but it still feels like it's going to be close because i would have picked houston to be florida in the main melee i would have but i will agree with you i'll go florida as well i think the hero bands really do matter in this situation I think a team like Houston might have a little more trouble adapting to it, um, whereas a lot of the players on Florida are used to hero bands and used to hero bands in a much worse fashion where they had it every week. Um, so overall, I, I think this will still be a close one. I'll go Florida. <sighs> well, I think that's all we got for this week's episode, Joe. Uh, that's that's it. That's all we that's all we did, all we had. Not much content. Uh, the mega, mega mini off season episode. Yes, um, which we might just say, it might just be a recurring thing, Joe, because I think that this off time is when I'm going to be editing the Boston Uprising doc every time. So um, That's true. I won't have as much time to record the podcast, and I think it could be a nice recurring thing to just just have a mega cast of of everything. Just squeeze it into one. Um, but yeah, anything else to mention about the million things we mentioned before, you know, before we sign off? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a bunch of calendar events. Um, May 20th. Uh, Watch 2 update on the 20th. Uh, then the league starts back on the 21st. Don't forget to do your, your pickums before then. They're not open right now as of recording the show, but presumably they will be like early next week or something. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's it's going to be a, another good month. If, uh, like I said, right at the top of the show, make it full circle. That yeah, we, we set ourselves up really well uh, for the June joust. Um, and now it's a matter of you know taking taking it and running with it. Hell yeah! Um, well, thank you everyone for listening to our one of our biggest episodes. If you want to follow us on Twitter, you can follow my personal Twitter at jwgeorgeiv or Joe's at Kirkpatrick underscore Inc. Our personal Twitter or our show Twitter, of course, is at On the Flank Show. Check our check out our power rankings graphics stuff like that over there. 
you're listening to this in one way if you want to listen to it a different way we're on apple Podcasts, itunes spotify google play thank you guys for listening enjoy the last weekend off before we get into the june joust